This is one of our weekly tafsir slash tadabbur sessions on economics, careers, finance, money-related verses of the Qur'an. And the thinking is that we talk a lot at IFG about making money. And if you talk too much about making money, then that can wear out the iman. And it's really important to counteract that by reflecting on the spiritual element of things as well. And, and so here we are. And so for today, the verse that we have chosen is a verse in Surah Ma'idah, and it's the 94th verse, and it goes thus. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا يبلونكم الله بشيء من الصيد بشيء من الصيد تناله أيديكم ورماحكم ليعلم الله من يخافه بالغيب فمن اعتدى بعد ذلك فله عذاب أليم O believers, Allah will surely test you with game, i.e. things that you can hunt to eat, within the reach of your hands and spears, to distinguish those who fear him in secret. And whoever transgresses from now on will suffer a painful punishment. So that's the verse that we're going to focus in on today. Khidr, what are your thoughts? You know, subhanAllah, talk like, to us. I feel like this verse can like apply to so many situations and so many different contexts. Like, you know, often I think, Ibrahim, that we always look for a reason that sometimes things are made haram for us. And we're always like, oh, the reason that pork has been made haram is because of, you know, this bacterial infection or something like that. And that might be true. But I feel like in this verse, Allah makes it very clear that sometimes something has been made haram for you specifically just to test you and see whether you would actually listen to Allah and obey him or whether you would disobey him and follow your desires for that thing. So that's my initial thoughts on that. What do you think, Ibrahim? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's fascinating. So the context here is that our Sharia forbids people from killing game and hunting animals whilst they are on the pilgrimage, whilst they're in the state of ihram. And so this is a verse that is saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test you. You know, he will give you some really easy prey that's just going to be roaming around like a gazelle, just going to be eating away. But the point of it is that you're supposed to test yourself and not uh, hunt that game. And the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, I'm going to test you is specifically, uh, to distinguish those who fear him in secret. Because doing a good thing when it's really open and you know in front of everyone is a lot easier than doing the right thing when no one else can see you. When perhaps you've you know retreated into the desert in, in their time and they see a gazelle just sat there or just standing there and it's easy to kill, no one else can see that and, and you could have it and you could say that, look, I just bought it and it's, there's, no one needs to know that you even hunted it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that this is the test and I'm testing you to see if you will fear me in secret. Because, you know, fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in secret is indicative of um, a much higher level of iman. Because there is no way that one can doubt why you are doing the thing that you're doing except 
that you are wanting to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you accept his majesty thoughts yeah I completely agree I feel like you know and a contemporary application of this can easily be seen in the fact that nowadays there are so many things that are very easily accessible but they're haram and they're prohibition so for example I mentioned to you earlier uh, getting a haram riba based mortgage is very easy comparative to all the halal solutions out there but we know outright it's haram we know that getting a normal mortgage is haram especially when you've got alternatives there but it's easy right and we can see that there is a test here that Allah is saying like look there's this easy path for you that you can take and you can get your house and you can pay for it and it appears cheaper than the other options or there's this certified halal option here but it's going to be a bit more tricky and you'll have to jump through a few more hoops for it but will you jump through those hoops for the sake of Allah and that's where the test is yeah absolutely uh, I think there's so many different applications when it comes to our lives particularly when it comes to finance and investment you know it's easy to fall into a career that is impermissible or a bit on the nose a bit edgy it's easy to you know go for a mortgage it's easy to just fall into a pension and not think too much about it it's easy to buy into premium bonds you know I know some of my own family at some point because you know there's a lot of ignorance about this stuff can own premium bonds it's easy to do so many different things um, when it comes to haram in money matters but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know the Prophet he describes how there are 70 levels of interest and they're all haram and the lowest level is like committing adultery with your mother that's the severity of what we're talking about and so when it comes to trying to make sure that within our own lives we are protecting ourselves from this stuff at any moment that we can we certainly should do and then i think the other wider point here is around life being a test because you know you might say hang on well, why is this this fickle almighty god messing around with us and why is he testing us with this stuff like well what it doesn't make sense these are just arbitrary rules but the point of anything in islam in terms of what is halal and what is haram is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set a set of parameters around us and it might be in our nature or it might be in our short-term interest or it might be according to our desires to do a certain thing but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that you should not do that and instead you should control that and you should put put what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants before what you want yourself and that ability to control yourself a powerful powerful thing and you know if we even just from a purely worldly perspective have that ability to forego short-term pleasure and put the long-term benefit ahead of the short-term pleasure, we're going to succeed in our lives, regardless of you know the Islam aspects of it. And so this verse is actually indicating that, right? It's saying that you should stick within the parameters of what Allah SWT wants. You should put the long-term before your short-term desires. And if you do that, you know, you're going to succeed in the long term. And if you don't do that, then you will suffer a painful punishment as a downside to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I see it as twofold because there's a dunyavi aspect to this and there's a like a dunya perspective to it and there's an akhira perspective to this. So you've got things that Allah has obviously made haram for us. They have a benefit usually in a dunya 
perspective, as we mentioned earlier, but also there's the Akhirah benefit. And conversely, you also have disobedience will have the painful punishment could refer to something that is negative in an Akhirah sense or a dunya sense. And we can see this, right? Like with people who, um, for example, are go headfirst into gambling, they think their mind is so focused on winning this one in a million chance that they might win that they bet it all and there's like psychological impacts that they have on it there's impacts on the family there's impacts on everyone and the individual themselves people have sold their houses their cars they've ruined their careers everything just so that they have this one in a million chance of winning so we could interpret this as in the painful punishment as being both in a physical sense and a metaphysical sense in what will follow in the hereafter and I think a lot of people downplay it because when we talk about adab and alim, we always talk about hellfire, we always talk about jahannam and stuff. And for some of us, perhaps our iman is not as strong and we can't visualize that. So we're like, oh, what, what's the punishment? I'm getting everything easy right now. But there is also this very material and physical punishment that exists as well that we can actually materially see in many examples around us so for those of us that struggle to understand the metaphysical impact there definitely is that physical impact that we should also still consider absolutely well let's call it a day there and uh, if you if people do have any questions then we'll stick around for a few seconds Please, if you're on Instagram, feel free to comment any questions. And if you're on Telegram, then feel free to pipe up if you have any questions as well. You can unmute yourself and, and speak. Someone on Instagram is pointing out that there's a scammer who's pretending to be us and trying to get people to send him money. Sadly, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of these people. And unfortunately, every time we report them, you know, hundreds more seem to spring up. So, yeah, don't send them your money. We wouldn't go into your direct messages and start asking you to send us money. That's not our style. Any other questions, guys? Great. I think that is a wrap, is it? Is there a question? No, I uh, just got a question, quick one. Sure. Yeah, sure. What's the ruling on like um, working as a salesman for like a finance company? It depends. What Should I not be engaging in something like that? Because I'll be helping people to finance a car and um, to buy it outright towards the end. Yeah. So it's a bit of accounting and finance. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I think it's best to avoid something like that. The okay. reason is because, you know, even the most lenient fatawa that say that, you know, if you're not directly involved in the haram activity, then perhaps it's okay to work for a finance company. But I think in your case, you are, you know, or, or I don't know if you're talking about yourself, but, you know, in this case, one would be directly contributing to the haram if they're involved in the yes. selling of, of the contracts. Yeah, okay, true. That's all it is. That's all I've, um, I've got, to be honest. What kind of, because I'm, I'm trying to get into sales because um, I just want to learn how to sell before I start my business. So I'm literally just doing it just for that purpose. What would you recommend going into, like um, retail or that just help us out? Yeah, I think so. That, uh, that retail, or even like, to be honest, uh, even door-to-door -door sales, I think can teach you a lot. Any kind of sales, really. Um, not necessarily an expert in, you know, the best place to look uh -huh. for that. But if, even if you do it for free for a while, it could teach you things yeah. very quickly. Okay. 
That's all, that's all it is. Just after that feeling. No, no, what are you arguing? What's the most efficient way of paying off debt someone is asking on Instagram if we don't have any income, like if you are a minor or you've lost a job? I think the mathematically it's very difficult then, isn't it? Because if you are having a thousand pounds go out and you don't have a thousand pounds coming in, then you're going to be in net loss and at some point you're going to go bankrupt, right? So you kind of need to address that by increasing your income or decreasing your expenditure. Now, if you are making some sort of savings between your expenditure and your income, i.e. your income is more than your expenditures, that's when you can start paying down these debts. Now, Perhaps it's not possible for you to do that in the short term. If that is the case, then you could look to try and negotiate. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.